0: Welcome to the 1,000 Wives of Weird podcast, the podcast that is a celebration of all things weird, mostly movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Brad Hefner, and with me is... Billy Martell. Billy Martell. Local guy? Yeah. Local, uh... Local guy? I'd say, I want to say man about town, but you're <laughs> not, you're just <laughs> I a don't man. Go, I don't go out much. You're, you're a man. I just kind of hang out, I'm, I'm barely a man, really. <sighs> That, we can we can make another podcast where we examine...
1: We examine that. my self-image?
0: Yeah. Okay. And just really... uh just
1: just dive re- into it.
0: Yeah. Peel let's, back all the layers. Let's... Like a vivisection. Are you familiar with that term? Do I'm, you know what that I'm, means? I'm
1: familiar with the term vivisection. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, like an emotional, spiritual vivisection. Sounds gross. I love weird things that's very basic and a blanket statement but i just love it Mm -hmm. i I can't really explain it any better than that and i constantly hunt it out and Mm -hmm. um i love to talk about it absolutely but there's not a lot of i'm not like the other girls billy there's not a lot of (laughs) other people around there's not a lot of other people around that i can talk to about this sure so that's part of what this podcast is is if you if you're a young boy out there in radio land <laughs> like watching uh, watching videodrome and just being like oh man, I wish my school chums knew about body horror like you if can you're turn a
1: young boy or gal or undecided who uh, just likes weird weird shit that you don't know how to express to the other people around you who are not into that kind of thing. This is the place for you. Yes. Yeah.
0: And the nice thing about weird being so, such a basic term is we can mm-hmm. stretch it any way we want. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to some, we're going to cover some stuff that's not amazingly weird, but is, mm-hmm. maybe it's the production has something weird about it or there's yeah. something unique about it. We're going to be covering some, eventually some. Very tentpole films, very obvious stuff. Yeah. you've never seen Eraserhead.
1: I've never seen Eraserhead. But you are a Lynch fan. You've seen. I've seen Twin. I'm a Twin Peaks fan at the very least, and I love Blue Velvet. Um, so I guess that does make me. And I'm a fan of the weirdness that is the person of Lynch. And what about Wild at Heart? I enjoyed parts of it. I think that overall, I was kind of disappointed, though. Okay, yeah. that sounds like an episode we need to have. I guess where we, we can, can we can
0: have that as an episode. We can discuss.
1: David Lynch's unsung classic. <laughs> um, you you described yourself to me almost the for within the first couple times that we met as a hunter of weird. Yes, yeah. As you said that this was this podcast is about the hunts and and stretching the goalposts. Exactly. It's about chasing the dragon because yes.
0: every time you see something that you're like, oh wow, that's weird, or oh my god, that's so fucked up, or right. what the hell is happening? Yeah. You change. Yeah. Like, now your tolerance has gone up. Mm -hmm. You have taken a step that you cannot go backwards. (laughs) I, every time I find myself, like, truly revolted by something. Right. The next time I see it, I'm like, oh, that was it? (laughs) Like. Right, right. And now, just like, there are things that. Don't bother me. That I cannot tell people they don't bother me because they're like, that should bother you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, we're going to go to some uncomfortable places. Great. We're going to go to some sexy places. Great. We're going to go to some uh revolting
1: places. Great. Uh, we're going to vivisect the weird uh, thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you first bring up the subject of bringing back the podcast and...
1: I said that I wanted to do a podcast with you of some kind. I don't gotcha. remember if I said that I wanted to do this one, um, but
0: uh, it does sound like me to just go like, "What's the laziest option show I had to
1: <laughs> Let's I'm, do the same thing. But I'm always, I'm always looking for because, like, I'm, I'm also a lazy person, and I am a huge nerd. I'm, a, I'm, I'm wearing a Power Rangers shirt as we speak. I'm very into superhero science fiction. So generally when it comes to uh, what am I going to watch today, I usually go for, let's watch this episode of Batman that I've watched 20 million times, but I still have that desire where I want to expand my palate. I want to see more weird, interesting, foreign things to my own sensibility, and so this is a great way of forcing myself to go outside of my comfort zone on a semi-regular basis. So that's why I was, on on top of just doing something with you, which I have wanted to do for a while, this is just a great way of formally forcing myself to go there, you know? And
0: that's the best way to experience anything is through force. Yeah, I think Um, so. To just, like, really just be like, God damn it, I gotta (laughs) do it! fuck yeah yeah um, yeah 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 that, um, that
1: scene from clockwork orange where his eyes are like literally being forced open to watch the thing with the eye drops and everything like that that's that's really uh a, a, a scene that we should all aspire to be more like i think
0: yeah yeah, yeah
1: absolutely that's
0: yeah. the message of the movie was that was good <laughs> That's the message of Clockwork Orange, <laughs> is that the Ludovico treatment is, everyone should, it doesn't even matter if you're not a criminal. You have to go through it.
1: Yeah, no, every single person should. Babies should
0: have to go through it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, for our very first movie, very first, we are talking about the 1988 action comedy, mm. Tracks. Tracks, Starring Shadow Stevens. Yes.
1: S-H-A-D-O-E Stevens. Yes, yeah, so who I always knew as the SNL announcer and the announcer on the um, the Craig Ferg- the Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson. I never knew that he actually did any acting.
0: Well, half of what you knew about him is wrong. Oh, he did not do the announcing for SNL. Shadow Stevens was the host of American Top Forty from nineteen eighty eight to nineteen ninety five. Ah, okay. He. <laughs> Was co-founder and creator of Sammy Hagar's rock station, Cabo Wabo Radio. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, Announcer for The Late Late Show. That explains the hair, if he was hanging out with Sammy Hagar. His voice can be heard as the voiceover for G.O.D. in the off-Broadway musical Alter Boys, boy spelled with a Z. Oh, boy. He was the announcer for Hollywood Squares from 1986 to 1989. Perfect, perfect. And the first four seasons of the 19... 98 to 2004 version. And he was in the middle square of the bottom row. Aww. That's cool. But Trax was really his big
1: acting thing. Thing. Yes. Yeah. So he didn't Um, do a lot besides this in terms of acting. No. Okay. Uh, Other than GOD.
0: Other than GOD. That was voice acting. Right. Guess how many theaters Trax opened
1: up in? Uh, I'm guessing a, uh, an upsettingly small number. Zero. Really? Direct to video. Oh! It was. That uh, makes so much more
0: sense. Actually, it was going to be released in theaters. Okay. So it was not planned as just like a
1: ditch thing. Yeah, but it feels like a ditch thing. <sighs> I don't know. It does to me. It fe- okay. Okay. So here's um, here's the feel of tracks. If you've ever had a movie night where you just watched a ton of canon action movies, like uh, Chuck Norris, Charles Bronson, action movies made by canon, where they just shat a dozen of these out a minute, and they all have just giant explosions and really fascist ideologies that they don't think about at all, and you're like laughing at them as like, this is the dumbest shit ever. Imagine if someone were to take that. And then be like, let's make this an intentional comedy instead of an accidental comedy. But didn't really take it too much farther than the actual products? Yeah, that's... That's what this movie is. It's so weird. It's fucking bizarre yeah um, but most of the canon films feel like direct video to me even the ones that did go to theaters and so. I thought this was a canon film it feels so much uh, like one
0: but it's by the De Laurentiis group it is and it I don't think Dino is like on set like oh definitely like not like Steven Spielberg and Toby Hooper on the poltergeist <laughs> I don't think <laughs> uh, Dino is like gui- guiding hands but um no not at all I could also see Dino De Laurentis being like this is great yeah because like this has this feels like other stuff he's done.
1: Yeah, no, he's he's not f- famous for always having the most high quality films in his stable. So, yes. yeah. Very briefly, Tracks is about a renegade cop who
0: becomes a mercenary yes. who decides who wants to settle down and bake cookies. That's the first 5 minutes. And then he goes on to tame the town of Hadleyville.
1: Well, to be more specific, He realizes he can't cook, which he probably should have thought about first, and so he runs out of money, and then realizes that the town of Hadleyville needs a town tamer. Yes. So he asks for money, and then without getting a contract first, immediately starts taming the town. Yes. Uh, He
0: and like you said, it's it's it feels like it's supposed to be a parody of eighties action movies, Death Wish, Delta Force, Um, and with weird movies. It's best if you experience them firsthand. Definitely, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to tell you whether we think Trax is worth watching Mm -hmm. uh, so you can decide to stop this and go watch it before you listen to us talk about it or if you'd just like to hear us talk about it because we're going to ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Trax is not on DVD. Oh, is it not? But it can be found. Yes. I will not say if you want to find Trax... T R A double
1: X. Yeah, uh, it's not that it. hard. It's not that hard to find. Billy, why don't you start off? Would you recommend tracks? I have been puzzling this over this question for ever since that I watched it. I honestly can't say if I would recommend it or not. I think if you, if you're a fan of the Naked Gun movies, like all of them, like all three. Of the naked gun movies, no matter how bad they got, and you just like, I want something like this, but that takes itself somehow even more seriously, then I guess, yes, I would recommend it. On the other hand, it, it, I, I message you this, it has a kernel of genius to it. Yes, it does. And it gets so close to being just something that I want to wholeheartedly just recommend. And there are so many moments in it that even just thinking about them now have me cracking up. But it's like, it's like looking at it through a glass darkly. It's like there's something there, but it never quite entirely makes it to you. As uh, on the couch, it's 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 a frustrating viewing, to say the least. So that sounds like a weak recommend. It's a weak recommend, I think. Yeah.
0: I I had seen this previously, yeah, um, a few years back, and I remembered it being like what you're talking about, right? Like just a little bit of like so close to being good, yeah, but with like a lot of bad comedy. Yeah. But watching it this time, there was not as much bad comedy as I remember. Not and really, I, no. And, now, and going in knowing what the movie was trying to do, mm-hmm. now I can see it be like, okay, this is actually pretty neat. It's just that Shadow Stevens can't act. No, he can't. Uh, <laughs> the writing is not particularly good, even if it is clever at times. And It's not just the writing, the editing is off. The too. editing is bizarre
1: it's it's like there are a bunch of really good jokes but the timing on all of them is just slightly off it's just so weird
0: but i enjoyed tracks a lot more this time around to the point where it's i was debating whether it was a good bad movie uh-huh. a bad good movie or just a good movie right and i haven't settled on it
1: but it's one of the three so i would recommend tracks sure C- come, come, watch tracks and and help us uh, settle this Gordian knot of a film. <laughs> All right,
0: now we're going to get into uh, talking about what tracks is about, going through the plot, and as, from there we'll yeah. jump off and discuss things. So, spoiler warning. Yes, the movie begins immediately. <laughs> it's it's, <laughs> with, it's incredibly abrupt. No, uh, there's a title card for the De Laurentiis group. Yep, and then it's immediately a man with a gun. Held up to a cage with a monkey in it, yes. shouting, "I got a monkey in here who's begging for his life." <laughs> oh, and by the way, this is somewhere in Texas, early 1984. Yes, it does say that. Uh, we're told there's two there's two armed men in the pet store. Yep. We're told that they had shot an old lady and a puppy. <laughs>
1: yes. And then follows the the best exchange possibly ever captured on film. Where Shao Stevens tells us this, he says,
0: He shot an old lady and a puppy.
1: And what is did you did you happen to write down this line? I, I only wrote down the second part of it. The guy he's talking to says something about The Old Lady was just sport. The old lady was just sport, but the puppy that was inspired.
0: <laughs> because now the man can plead insanity. Thank you. <laughs> the opening two opening five minutes of this film. Are absolutely brilliant. They're oh my god. They're so good. So they're so fucking good. And here's here's the tightrope we need to watch. We need to walk with comedies. Is things that are stupid mm-hmm. that are like why the fuck is this happening? This doesn't make sense. Right. There's always the danger that they are intentional jokes.
1: Yes. So yes. we
0: need to. That's that's something we're going to have to watch because. Uh, tracks his way to settle this situation is he sees a skateboard nearby. Yep. Grabs it, hitches his nightstick to a police cruiser. Mm-hmm. Has told this plan to nobody. Gives no signal to the car. Car begins moving. Yeah. Now, if that is intentional, that's hilarious. Oh, it, I think it's intentional. Okay. Yeah. That it's just like I think. This... Just like everyone knows that action is happening.
1: Oh yeah, I think everything in this scene. Uh is 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 very in it, it's some of the tightest comedy in the whole movie. Is this this one scene of absolute insane, uh, just uh, uber macho nonsense,
0: <laughs> <laughs> uber macho and just like just outlandish. Like yeah, here's where the parody thing is. Like hostage situations are a dime a dozen. I've never seen it in a pet store. Right, with a monkey, a puppy has been shot. Drax he is sketching. He jumps through a plate glass window, <laughs> um, shoots a man. Yes. Um, the other guy's like, "I give up." Drops the gun, and tracks, and just like in Shane, throws him a gun. Yeah. And the guy could have still just like dropped it. He could have. But he starts aiming on tracks, and then there's a bunch of unsynced
1: gunshots. Yep. Sound effects. <laughs> You're <laughs> so. It's, it's the implication is that the guy immediately starts unloading on Tracks, but is somehow so incompetent that the gunshots are just going everywhere but him. And then Trax shoots him once, I think. Yes, and he goes and there's a fish. There's a big fish tank on the wall that gets shattered, and it's breaking, and, and the water is coming down behind Tracks like in. Like a like in, in the 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 fountain scene in Die in the first Die Hard where the water is going everywhere, but it's just fish, just a bunch of dead fish.
0: Now here's my question. Yeah, you know how Quentin Tarantino likes to take things from other movies. He does. Do you have you've seen Pulp Fiction? Correct. Yes, I have. Okay, you know when uh, Vincent and Jules are in Brett's apartment and the guy comes yes. out and is firing and misses them. Yeah, the famous
1: act of God. Yes. Scene. Yeah. Do you think he stole that from Trax? Uh, I think it's undoubtedly, undoubtedly he he stole it from Trax. Yeah, I I think this is a cult classic.
0: There, there, <laughs> is it? It is. <laughs> it legitimately is. There, I've I, I never love this movie. heard of this movie
1: before. It's
0: it's it, a rare you, one. You
1: introduced it to me.
0: Uh, so after Trax saves the day through murder, right? he gets dressed down by his boss. It's an 80s movie. you got to get dressed down by the boss. The mayor is going to
1: have my ass over this, Trax. And he's... he's... Uh, and he's just talking to him about like this is this is the eighties, and every every movie like this they always have to mention the decade it's in. Yeah. This is the eighties. This is the nineties. This is the eighties. Criminals have the same rights as you and me. I'd like to hear that from the puppies family, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is a brilliant, <laughs> the brilliant other most line. brilliant
1: line ever written it, in this movie.
0: It's so like, I wish he would have just kept being a cop.
1: Yeah, That's why did like, they have to was, complicate it? It was you a know?
0: great like. Dirty, hairy, like
1: yes. If, if this part, this stuff was brilliant, so good, fucking wonderful, um, wonderful. Complete with the, when he when he tells the other cop, "I'm gonna go in, guns blazing," and the other cop says, "Old fashioned, huh?" And uh, that's such a that's such a like Death Wish, dirty, hairy type of stupid justification for what he's about to do. Yeah, and I fucking love it. It's so good. Oh. Also Shadow Stevens like really pulls off looking like a cop with that hat with the Like he yeah. looks like super rugged. Yeah, he's got Most, he, he looks like a Texas Ranger, you know. He's got like the big 10-gallon cowboy hat going looks on. Looks like fucking Johnny Unitas out there on the field. Yeah, he's got like this this uh, uh Incredible jawline that's just like stabbing
0: into it's everybody. It's great. Talks to. And then the rest of the movie, he looks like Steven Weber playing
1: Vigo the Carpathian. Oh my god, that's great. I <laughs> I would go. I would go Christopher McDonald playing uh, Vigo the Carpathian. But yes, okay, yeah. I'm not as familiar with Christopher McDonald as you are. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not as familiar with Steven Weber as you are. So, well, I that...
0: we need to watch a lot of Wings. It sounds like it sounds like this needs to become a Wings podcast. You need to watch
1: a lot more whatever Christopher McDonald is in (laughs) Flubber need to watch Flubber I guess I do need (laughs) to watch wait no I know who Christopher McDonald is now yeah yeah I can see it yeah I can see it I kept thinking Christopher McDonald about Shadow Stevens the whole movie especially in there's one scene where people are walking by him he's like "Uh, don't come back to this place or I'll kill ya don't come back to this place or I'll kill ya don't come back to this place or I'll Kill you. and every time I could all I would That is real Christopher McDonald stole Shadow Stevens' shtick. Everybody's stealing everybody's shtick. I he's the fucking Every time he said that something like that, or or the scene where he's threatening the other guy later in, in the, the the erection scene, we'll get to it. Uh all, all I could think was like I get pieces of shit like you for breakfast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so it doesn't seem like Trax is being fired but it also seems like Trax has been fired or is quitting or is something. It's, but those words are never said. The chief no. is just like
1: you won't get a recommendation from me Which implies looking for a new job, but the word yeah, like you said, the words are never said. And then also, Trax is a theme song. He walks out talking about puppy families, and then suddenly it's just relax, here comes Trax Just
0: relax. Here comes
1: Trax. If you, if you fall through the cracks, you better call Trax. If you have trouble with some maniacs, send them to Trax. <laughs> Which is... Maniacs are
0: reasonable. Like, you can just say, like... <laughs> hey. I know you want to be a maniac here. <laughs> but why don't you go see my friend Trax? <laughs> and then they all, like, uh, Uber over because they're fucking crazy and they shouldn't be on the road. Right, they're responsible. Yeah. yeah. And they go...
1: And Trax <laughs> goes and murders them. But, yeah, I love... It's like it's like the tagline for Monster Squad. If you you know how to call, if you have ghosts, who do you call? If you have monsters, this movie is. And now you know who to call. If you have maniacs, <laughs> if you have maniacs, if send them d- to tracks. It sounds like really just like any problem.
0: Like if you fall yeah. through the cracks, i like like, oh, they didn't get my passport to me. <laughs> like if I, you I, I step on a
1: crack and you break your mama's back, back. Call uh, tracks because he knows how to chiropract. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's I fucking love personal theme songs so much.
1: So much. They're so great. Yeah. More more things need them. We need to watch Yours World on this podcast. Have you heard of that? No. Yours, yours World has a great theme song. It's yours, the main character, obviously. Okay. And he, every time he does something awesome, like at one point, it's, it's kind of a Conan the Barbarian knockoff, but gotcha. also Star Wars somehow. At some point, he kills a giant bat monster. And grabs onto it and uses it as a hang glider to swing in and kick some guy. And as he does it, his theme song kicks his Yours World he's the man. Yours world he's the man. It's very queen light. It's awesome. I couldn't concentrate on anything
0: you were saying because I was trying to come up with the portmanteau of Cohen the Barbarian in Star Wars. <laughs> and I have Conan. The Star Warsian? <laughs> you tried. Yeah. Um, but what if John Wick had a theme song? Oh my God! That's I want them to do that for the fourth movie so oh bad.
1: Oh God. John, oh.
0: where there's a Wick, there's a way. <laughs> <laughs> if a problem comes along, you must Wick it.
1: Oh God. <laughs>
0: Robert Dobby plays Palucci in this movie. Okay. And he is, you remember in Die Hard when the FBI agents show
1: up? Oh, Johnson okay, okay. Johnson. I, okay, here's the thing. I know him, because the first time I ever saw him was as the bad guy Sanchez in License to Kill. Okay. So whenever I see him, I always just think, hey, it's Sanchez. In fact, that's one of my notes here I wrote, hey, it's Sanchez. So I don't know his real name, I just know him as Sanchez. Okay. But uh, yeah, I forgot that he played Johnson in Die Hard. That's yeah. right, he did. I, I love him and uh, he's he's not the best but he's he, I always enjoy him when he's around. He does his thing very well. He does that if you one. You need thing. a heavy, yeah, who's doesn't have a lot of lines. Yes, he's perfect. An, another and another, if you need him to <clears throat> die in a vehicle, he's he's also famous for being in the movie Showgirls, where he he's famous for saying the line: "It must be weird not having people come on you." That's a pretty good line. That's a pretty good line. There are a lot of great lines in that movie. We should watch that for this podcast. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. Is
0: is it actually weird? I, I don't. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. Sure. Let's watch Showgirls. Yeah. Kyle MacLachlan fucks uh, the main character with his belly button. Ooh. Yeah.
0: Never mind. I actually, I did not understand it for a while, but then I okay. worked it out in my head. Okay. It is implied that Trax was in Vietnam. He was in some place with trees. The, yeah. chi- the chief is goes like, "You're not in the jungle anymore, Trax." Oh, is that um, in the opening? Does he say that? Yeah, that's that's oh. the chief is like. Um, so it's I implied that. that like Trax must have been in Vietnam, right? And then he goes back to war. Yes, he's in El Salvador in late 1984, as opposed to early 1984, <laughs> which we just saw. Yes, uh, Trax kill Trax bursts in, murders a bunch of dudes, mm-hmm. and this is one of the most. There are three m- vivid, vivid moments from this movie for me. Yeah, the first is the opening. Yes, with the hostage situation, and the second is Trax is running through this battlefield. He sees a wounded. It's very Rambo NPC, Part Two throws him over his shoulder, goes lays him down, sees his reflection in a window and sort of like
1: checks himself out. No, like, he actually has a comb in his belt. He pulls out a comb. Yeah. and brushes his hair slightly. That's later. This part oh, he's just oh, like sorry.
0: he just smiles at himself and just like <laughs> like brushes <laughs> his lux- luxurious locks. I'm like that's so fucking funny. <laughs> that's a brilliant brilliant bit. And I wish there was more of that to the character, like that sort of like narcissism of like, I'm so
1: cool and hot and I'm the action dude. I think that's the biggest weakness. Not to jump ahead, but I think that's the biggest weakness of the whole film is that there's not a lot to Trax no. as a character. Again, I keep going back to the Death Wish movies. I kept going back to the Death Wish movies, all the whole thing. In the first Death Wish, Charles Bronson is this like tortured, scary, psych- almost psychotic dude who's, like, really mad and killing people over the death of, or rape of his family. Uh, and then as the movies went on, Charles Bronson just stopped giving a shit, like, really <laughs> quick. And he just started, like, doing this thing where he would laugh and joke around as he was killing people, even though he was supposed to be going for bloody vengeance. And just fucking a bunch of, of women, usually Charles Bronson's girlfriend at the time, so he could show off how young his girlfriend was. Uh, and that's kind of what I think they were going with because like after that opening where he's really aggressive and grumpy he just becomes (laughs) a sort of preening smiling, joking weirdo that didn't work in those movies and it doesn't really work for me here where Mm -hmm. he's constantly it's almost like he's in on the joke and you don't want that from a protagonist in a movie like this. No, I don't want that but I want
0: him to be sort of more like just like Outwardly stuck up about himself. Oh, I agree. Yeah, if they
1: had just chosen a character and stuck to it, exactly. They,
0: I think, they were worried about making him too unlikable. Um, Yeah. So they had to like lighten it all up. What I was really thinking in the the first half or so of this movie is it felt like it almost felt like Deadpool. Had like a sort of self awareness. It had a sort Mm -hmm. of over the topness,
1: like a brushes of parody. Um. But here's the thing about Deadpool and, and uh, so as, as we mentioned in the beginning uh, at a certain point he retires from being a mercenary after mm-hmm. he retired from being a cop and he decides that he wants to get into the cookie baking business. For me uh, if you had made... The cookie baking thing comes right the fuck out of nowhere which I think is probably the joke But, if they had made the cookie-baking thing for him, if they communicated in some way that the cookie-baking thing was really important to him, uh, and that was really something he really wanted to do, and all of this was for that, Mm -hmm. I would have bought into his character more. The thing with Deadpool is, in every one of those movies, he has a personal stake in the outcome. He does actually care what happens at the end of his own movie, and... Tracks to me never seemed like he cared. He was cleaning up the town just because he needed some money, but he was only doing the cookie baking business cause
0: because why? Because cookies were the new frontier. They were going to be the next war. He, he says that he's like That's... he says that, but he he seems really blasé about the whole thing. Here's the entire here's the entire thing. Yeah, is that it's the eighties and Action Man is going to bake cookies, which is a girl thing. And that's the
1: joke. I get the joke, but and like... And then the
0: joke is that he makes weird, stupid, shitty cookies. Yes. The cookie stuff is... The weakest part. I mean, it's like a three-way tie for worst jokes, but there's...
1: <laughs> there's... I, I... This is my vote for worst joke, is the, uh, is the cookies. I
0: think when we get to my worst jokes, you might change your oh, mind oh wait are your worst jokes racist no okay uh there's not i don't think there's any racism in this movie a little homophobia there's some racism okay you point out your racism when we get to it i will get to it um, i made notes
1: the the movie goes
0: <laughs> out of its way to say tracks isn't racist it does it does but Okay, we, we we need to get somewhere fast. Okay, uh, <laughs> so Trax has settled down to bake cookies, and now he's somewhere near Hadleyville, mm-hmm. Texas. He goes yes. back to Texas. It's nineteen eighty-eight. Uh, Trax is baking those cookies, and it's not going well, Billy. It's not going it's well. It's There's not, things there, are on
1: fire. There is a montage that feels like it's out of like uh, uh, like a suburban commando movie or something like some it's, really it's Mr. Mom shit. Yeah, it's, it's like Mr. Mom shit, but like. We don't know like if if he he has a conversation before he goes to cook the cookies with his friend, where he says it's the new frontiers, like you have to have something you can have a dream about and all this stuff. And um if if they had just had one line where the where the guy said, You can't even cook, man, I can learn. But we're led to believe that he's thought about making cookies, at Mm. least. But apparently he never even cracked open a cookbook because when he goes there like, like, he is shit in a blender. It looks like he's making a smoothie as part looks, of the cookie. Like, the food that the Teletubbies eat is pouring out of every orifice in this kitchen. It's He has a lot going on at one time. It's Maybe a like, lot going on. I don't know what kind it, of cookies he wants to make, but it's no kind of cookie I want to be a part of. No. It's it, like some bizarre, shitty macaroon shit. Well, his house, house looks like a fucking meth shack. It does. And, um... It's not a nice place. No, it's not. <laughs> Which is... It's funny because most main characters in the '80s lived in pretty nice places. Even the RV that Mel Gibson's character lived in in *Lethal Weapon* looked nicer than this shithole. There is one good joke in that cookie baking
0: scene. Okay, he punches an egg to crack it. That shit is great. If and again,
1: like if if they had. That would have worked better if they'd stuck with his gruff persona from exactly. earlier. Exactly, you need to pick a like, direction. I want to make cookies. Yeah, uh, make cookies. Uh, my fists don't make cookies any easier. <laughs> I haven't opened my hands for anything but a gun in years. That would have been amazing. But no, they can't stick to any character as just... Uh, I need stakes, movie. I need Steaks so I can care about this. There's this great scene in... Um, and they're, I'm not a fan of these movies. But there's a great scene in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle where they get the quest to go to White Castle because they go to a drive-thru and the guy in the drive-thru at this other restaurant I don't even remember what uh, is, like, goes insane once he starts talking about White Castle burgers and how fucking amazing they are. And that gives them the impetus to go on this quest. If there had been any stupid scene like that where it's just like, cookies are the way of the future and we have like a real if we had stakes in these cookie shit that could have made the movie work so much better what would have been great
0: especially for the time and for the parody yeah. is a tragic backstory that somehow incorporates cookies oh my god yes like uh I had a daughter I shot a kid John he was carrying cookies <laughs> he was carrying cookies looked enough like now a I gun make, to me now I want to make cookies for all the live children that I didn't shoot <laughs>
1: It's a combination of Gene Wilder from Blazing Saddles and Al from the from Die Hard. Oh, I thought you were going to say Gene Wilder from Blazing
0: Saddles and Gene Wilder from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory.
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> he's making coo- he's making cookies with schnozberries. So, which would be a step up from the jokes of this movie? There are some good jokes.
0: I'm going to point out every one of them. Not regarding cookies, they're not. No, that's true. That's he's true. like it's... I put chili in this cookie. Good like, for you, chili con cookie. That's that has the cadence of a joke. It has that the is cadence said, of a that joke. That is said
1: with the tone of a joke. It is. It uh, okay. Okay, actually, the chili cookie leads to one of my more favorite moments. But we'll get hold there. Hold on. We'll we're gonna get ar- there. we're gonna argue about that moment
0: then. Okay. Um, but tracks is tuned to the uh, exposition channel yes and he's taking a break just at the time of the exposition channel does it's exposition report Exposition. the sheriff of Hadleyville is retiring and he thinks the person who needs to take over for him is an old fashioned type and that town tamer a town tamer hey we know an old fashioned type yeah Trax Trax is an old fashioned kind of guy do we ever learn Trax's first name is Trax not his first name? I assumed it was his last name. I mean, it's not a name of any sort.
1: <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Let me check. <laughs> I have no idea. IMDb, I'm going to guess that whatever his other name is, it's something like Blade. Blade Traxiller <laughs> or something like that. Oh, by the way, the movie is directed by
0: Jerome Gary. It is written and produced by Gary DeVore. Okay. Mm, a whole lot of Garying going on, almost A whole lot of Gary. Seem it's honestly
1: suspicious to me. How many Gary's there are? Yes. Uh, hold on. I Here have heard can. this is in the same uh, universe as Jerry, so maybe that's why. What's Jerry? You never heard of Jerry? What the fuck is Jerry? Jerry is an art house film by Gus Van Sant. It's uh, Oh I have heard of that. Yeah. I thought Jerry with a J. No, Jerry with a G. Jerry with that's a why G. I
0: likened it to Gary. Uh, I've never seen it. Neither have I. I don't particularly want to. I was thinking that we. Uh, I always want to do theme months. If we yeah. had started this sooner, like February could be weird love, and like sure, January,
1: January. I also, I, like
0: I also thought of hate month. Choose a movie that we know the other person is going to fucking hate. Just like I would enjoy that because it wouldn't be <laughs> it would be an excuse for me to watch Jubilee again. True. <laughs> I mean, I but I already know. I already know what you can pull out. Yeah, you don't know what the fuck I can bring to the table. I'm honestly scared about what you would pull out well, for me. We don't have to do it. <laughs> I'm just saying it might be fun in the might way be that fun. things that aren't fun are yeah. fun. Yeah, let's um, get a good
1: rhythm going before yeah, we get sure. to, to before just, we just try, try to fucking, fucking torture each, each
0: other. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, Trax goes to Hadleyville,
1: right? And the town is a fucking hellscape. I I my I wrote. This town makes Gotham City look like a good place to live. It's like if Gotham City were at a ten all the time.
0: (laughs) It's it's just constant. It's a montage of just like shit on fire. Someone someone is thrown out a window. We need that's this is now the second person. Um, A lot of a lot of defenestration going on in this women being hit.
1: Uh, drug use, people being shot, robberies—just a, ca- a casual cutaway rape scene that happens. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh,
0: the police are taking somebody in, and okay, that
1: was the funniest thing. That was probably the other funniest thing in this movie was just two cops desperately trying to drag one suspect into the precinct as the chief is leaving, and they are just being thrown around like this guy was the Macho Man Randy Savage. The guy uh, One of the cops goes through the plate glass
0: in the front door. Third person in 11 minutes to go through glass. Through the front door. And then
1: another cop comes out and pulls him in. And then another cop... They're up on the second level. They're on the second level. Another cop smashes through the window on the second level and is hanging out. Another cop is thrown through the window and hangs on to the other cop, trying not to fall to their death. And then two other cops start fighting with the guy... The chief is leaving. This now is action happening on uh, in the it's background. Just in the
0: background. It's and in in the the so background. great. It's so great. I was I was confused as to whether there were two cops. There so, were more than two. No, I meant out the window. Oh, there were two. Yeah, because it looked like there were two, and then when it. Sh- cut back to it it looked there was just the one and one was up so now we're well, at, during
1: the conversation that happens while well, it's in the background one of them falls out so okay yeah so that's
0: five people
1: that's at least in five. 11 minutes yeah and tracks comes up and he's like hey sheriff i'll
0: chain the town for ten thousand dollars very specifically <laughs> ten thousand dollars <laughs> and he does this because he needs money to make cookies right he, he needs to make ten thousand
1: dollars worth of cookies he's run out of cash they have the conversation about being a town tamer, and the cop actually... And I, I couldn't tell if he was serious or not. Again, if this was a seriously intended line, this is really fucking funny. He says, send me a resume. <laughs> <laughs> See? I don't know if that was intentional or if he was just blowing him off. No,
0: it was, it was meant to be like a joke, but it's also like an in-character joke where he's yeah. like sort of taunting him. Yeah, he wasn't being like, "No, seriously, send." him... If he was like, "Well,
1: let me see your res." If he, I don't know. There's so many lines. This movie is so tongue in cheek that sometimes there are things that happen. Like going back for a second to um, the scene where they're in the jungle and everything's blowing up behind them while they're talking about cookies. Uh, at the scene ends with Trax putting his hand up and saying, "Taxi." And I honestly expected a taxi to show up, but instead it just cuts to the, the Mr. Mom montage. And I was so confused as to why that happened. It's, it's almost like those that moment where you get to the end of a scene and one of the actors improvised Taxi and they just left it in the movie for some reason. I was expecting a taxi too. Like I, was I really wanted to really if expecting there was a taxi, taxi would have been great. But I I
0: think that scene ends with, like, a bunch of smoke, like, something... Yeah, a bunch of
1: billowing smoke, and And I expected a taxi to come out of the smoke.
0: I liked how blasé they were about the explosions.
1: They were just sort of strolling and talking, and... Yes. um, But, But also, speaking of timing, that's a good example of it, because you think two people having a blasé conversation about cookies while a bunch of explosions happen in the background sounds like a really funny scene, and it almost is... But here's the thing. The explosions don't start until halfway through the conversation. And then they suddenly start having explosions back there. So instead of it being, oh, this is so hilarious, it's like they forgot to do a joke with the scene, and then suddenly they realize, oh, we should put a joke here. And then they just suddenly have a joke there. And yeah. It's it's, it's, this, it's this kind of thing where there's a bunch of brilliant jokes that should be funny, but they're just ever so slightly off. It's like the later works of Mel Brooks. It's, everything is just so slightly off. It should be funny, but it's not. Traxula, dead and loving
0: it. There it is. Traxula, dead and loving it. Trax saves a young b- black man... He does. ...named
1: Dieter. Yes. Uh, and just like conscripts him into taming the town. Just conscripts... Yeah, and it was... Um, I'm not sure because he, was, he had a feather in his hat, so I'm not sure if from that we were supposed to take that he was also a criminal who was being... Uh, and that was why he was being conscripted, like Rob Schneider and Judge Dredd, but uh, or or if he was just some black guy, and now he's indebted to um, well, Trax... tracks tracks for he life. He was being
0: beaten up, wasn't he? He was being beaten up by some and crooks. Tracks saved him. Tracks so saved him. So crooks wouldn't attack another crooks. They might. Why would they? They're on the same side. It's cops versus robbers.
1: It might. <laughs> I was thinking that maybe he was like in the wrong turf. Maybe. And I don't know, up... your
0: headcanon for tracks is too elaborate. For yeah.
1: Me. Yeah. I've I've put way too much thought into this. But no, he, he uh so that was something that kind of bothered me at first. Well, no, never stopped bothering me, is that the the cowardly black sidekick cliche is really irritating just in any movie to me. And in this movie It was also irritating because it was just sort of—it was just one of these things where you're like expecting them to turn it on its head or make a joke about it, but no, it's just a cliche that they include. It's just—it's kind of like um, the movie Cabin in the Woods, where they're like they're making fun of horror cliches, but every once in a while they'll just have a horror cliche and they never comment on it, and you're like, is it the fact that it's here supposed to be the joke? Because you need to work harder for me. Do you not like Cabin in the Woods? I love Cabin in the Woods. But okay, everyone, I wanted to make sure. But it's a flawed piece. There are some there are some moments there where, like, they just, they, like, the, I don't want to get too far into Cabin in the Woods, because that's a whole other episode. Yeah,
0: fuck you and hating Cabin in the
1: Woods. I'm not hating Cabin I'm, in the Woods. I'm just saying that there are some times where movies want to make fun of cliches, and but then they'll forget to make fun of a cliche, they'll just include it. And it's and it just gets irritating to me when that happens, especially when it's such an a cliche that I find so irritating, like this particular one.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not Dieter's not great. Yeah, but at least the, I don't know. It's an unnecessary character. Yeah, uh, he's just there to tell Trax things, but we never. He's see there them. so
1: that Trax can talk to him. Really? I guess.
0: Yeah, they go to Jerome Stud Farm, and outside there's a sign that says Gorals. <laughs>
1: G-O-R-L-S. Gorles. <laughs> but yeah, so immediately after picking up his sidekick for the movie, they f- they, they go to a brothel. Yep, Jerome Stud Farm. Ami-
0: yeah. And to me, yes. Stud Farm implies men. You would think. Also, why does this apparently illegal brothel just have a giant neon sign that says Jerome Stud Farm? Because
1: it, it, it's Evil Town, property Sinsburg. Okay. Yeah, it's it's just it's it's this is um, the Sodom and Gomorrah. Like this is just how bad things have gotten. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I buy it. Yeah. It's so
0: the chief, new chief, Black Chief. Uh, chief. Yeah, Black Chief. Uh, from now on, Chief is just Trax's Chief. Yeah. His new. The Hadleyville chief.
1: Yeah, the chief. only important chief in the yes. movie, really.
0: Um, what the fuck was I just trying to say? I don't know. Um, <laughs> 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 you just kept saying black
1: chief. you real bitch. <laughs> I was trying to clarify which chief, and then I forgot what I was trying to say. Well, anyway, they're, they're, they go to the brothel, and he just starts cleaning house. And this is where the difference between it being an 80s movie and a now movie start start to uh, become apparent because there are certain things that nowadays I think action movie heroes wouldn't care as much about that action movie heroes in the 80s really cared about. So for instance, prostitution has become a much more debated topic in modern day times. Drugs have become a much more debated topic. Um, strippers have become a much more debated topic. Yeah, I want to talk about that when we get there. Yeah, but these are all things that in the 80s apparently are just, especially in this movie, are marks of sin and vice and terrible things. And vice in particular is just a, a bad thing to have. These prostitutes are in their place doing their business, taking all these uh, schlubby guys up to... To their rooms to, to have their way, and there's a lot of drug use going on. And Trax just comes in and is is like not here, and starts flipping the tables on the Pharisees, and just exactly. dragging them all out like yeah.
0: Christ in the temple, like Christ in the temple. Trax bursts through a door like the Kool Aid Man, like the Kool Aid Man. Um, there's some goons in there. One mm-hmm. goes through a window. We're up to six. Oh. 17 minutes. <laughs> I'm glad you
1: kept count. Oh, I kept count because that was
0: something <laughs> that I remember from my first watch. Is like, holy shit, people are going through glass left and right. Right, So yeah. now we're at six, 17 minutes in. Uh, there's a lot of close-ups of Shadow Stevens's face There in this are movie. just so many. It's very wide. It's very beefy.
1: He's a very wide, beefy man, and he keeps... And, like, there's so many things of him. He's, he's, he's a lot like Zorro. Every time, every time something happens that he succeeds in, he's smiling. He's, he's always, oh, this this guy flew through a roof? We Have to cut to a close-up of Shadow Steven smiling at that. This this lady was naked when she ran by? Have to cut to a close-up of Shadow Steven smiling at that. I have a theory Okay,
0: that Trax is a war criminal. Oh, That Trax has done, like, terrible things. Sure. In Vietnam, probably, Uh during his mercenary work. Of course. Because later we see him riding around on the hood of his truck, indiscriminately firing a heavy assault weapon at pedestrians. Oh, yeah. And fucking loving it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Trax is... Trax is revels. Yes. In
1: mayhem and death. This is... uh, If if this is uh, a satire... Uh, and we didn't realize it when watching it. This is a great... It is a parody, not a satire. But if it is secretly a satire, if it is secretly a satire, it's it, it, it's one of the... This movie treads that sort of Frank Miller line for me, where, on the one hand, it's it's either celebrating the cliches of this genre, or it's deeply satirizing them, because there are certain, L, there are certain like, very Reagan-era attitudes that these movies have that this movie is neck deep in and and it's either satire or they really mean it and I one of them I'm all on board with and the other one I'm very not okay with and one of those is this incredibly fascist idea that if you don't like something about your neighborhood, it's up to this one white guy with a, a bunch of guns and a militia of two people to just go in and wipe out all the scum. Just take out all the scum, which is just a lot of poor people, and just get rid of all of them. And uh, it's... it's uh, Yeah... It's an attitude that was very popular in action movies at one time, and I don't know if this movie was is satirizing it or just going balls deep into it. it I can't tell.
0: I, again, and that's the tightrope we walk with this, where yeah. it it really just depends on our will whether we want to give them the benefit of the doubt i was looking at gary devore's imdb which i should have done before and trying to, to see get a sense of him what, what else kind of stuff he does yeah
1: that was a note i wrote during the bit where he Shao steven's tracks is up on the car shooting indiscriminately at people and then like maybe two cuts later we cut to the entire town cleaning up. There are flowers everywhere. Everything is great. And I wrote the note, Hooray for gentrification.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a solid 45 minutes later. Oh, okay. Gary DeVore, writer of Tracks. Yes. Also wrote the Gregory Hines and Billy Crystal movie, Running Scared. Oh! I grew up
1: on that movie. I haven't seen that in ages. Is that good... I remember really enjoying it, but to be fair, it was the first movie I can remember seeing where I saw full female nudity, okay, a lot of blood... And it was also, I remember it being the first movie that I ever saw where the guns had fire coming out of the end. Mm. Most of the movies with guns that I'd seen before that were either laser gun movies or old movies where the guns just had like a little smoke coming out. Gotcha. So it was the first time I'd ever seen anyone fire a submachine gun and have like fire come out of the end and I thought that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Also, I was a big Billy Crystal fan from Monsters, Inc. at the time. Okay. So, watching Mike Wazowski just blow motherfuckers away was great. And also, you know, boobies. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Looking at this guy's I still so, own it, but I have no idea if it's good. So based on Running Scared, yeah. how what do you think about the politics of Tracks? I need to watch You're our Gary
1: DeVore expert. <laughs> I need to watch Running Scared again. Uh, I have a feel if 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 Running Scared is exactly the way I remember it, then I don't think he's the kind of person to think through the uh, the implications of what he writes i think he's just in it for the 80s excess of it because running scared is a movie that literally ends with a bunch of cocaine just raining down from the sky and so i in inside they 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 blow up a bunch of bags of cocaine and they're just and it's just raining down and uh so i yeah i think that that's um it's just, it's just from that Miami vice of just like we need a lot of shit in the frame. Yeah, and scanning <laughs> over his
0: other writing credits, it seems. Does that
1: seem to bear up? Yeah. yeah. Okay.
0: Um, but I, I'm gonna pretend that it's like <laughs> it's, a it's a deep satire. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is again, it's the problem of it doesn't lean into anything. If it yeah. leaned more into like this fascist nightmare, as you were saying, yeah. That would be fucking hilarious. It would be. Because it's, that part, that stuff is, if they had committed to anything. If this were a Paul Verhoeven film. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, I would love Paul Verhoeven's tracks. <laughs> There'd be way more nudity.
1: Another Paul Verhoeven movie, Showgirls. Yeah, oh shit. <laughs> we can, we can milk Paul Verhoeven for a lot. Oh, yeah. Paul Verhoeven is a whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, there's a great part in the brothel after he. Yes. After there's three goons that he, like, Dispatches. scares, beats up. Yeah. yeah. And they. He pushes them down the stairs, and all three of them are tumbling together, like, over top of each other. Mm-hmm. And it looks awkward, but it's this great attempt to make a live action cartoon. Yes. Because we've seen that so many times in cartoons. Doesn't work as well with real bodies. No. But that's, like,. He's trying to make this cartoon thing. And again, if there was more of that... Yes. Because there's other Looney Tunes moments like that.
1: Yeah. um, Yeah. If it was... Again, if it was a little bit more like Naked Gun, or a little bit more like a Paul Verhoeven movie, if it made a choice about what it wanted to be, uh, we could have a real classic on our hands. As it is, this is strictly cult classic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, it could have
0: been... Yeah. No, like... You said there. This is very close to being a great movie. Yes.
1: Yeah. So then he's kicking open the doors and chewing uh, all the prostitutes out, making his joke. He doesn't chew the prostitutes out. He's chewing, chewing oh, the okay. prostitutes out, and making his his joke. That's apparently just for him about plugging a toilet. Toilets are plugged. Everybody out. Ha ha, ha Mob lingo. And then he uh, he kicks open the door, and then it's it's a brightly colored daycare. It's 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 like every daycare center you've ever seen with a nice old lady taking care of a bunch of kids, and it's not made clear if these are the prostitutes' kids and they're just like this is where they keep them while they're working, or if this is just you know one of the rooms got rented out as a daycare center, and the kids have to walk through this den of sin every day to get to the daycare center.
0: I assume they were the children of the prostitute. I did assume that, but you know, uh, you I, never I know. I assumed it was like a workplace benefit. Right. I like this joke. I, I, I like it, too. I, it's Again, it's a I great really parody it. thing where it's yeah. just like,
1: that's a good joke. And then I think one of the thugs goes in and starts threatening the kids.
0: Yeah, one of the thugs goes in, because finally, after uh, Trax has been doing this, yeah. there's a response of any kind. Right. So some goons come. They go into the dare- daycare. One of them takes a hostage, grabs the kid. He has the gun mm-hmm. up to his head. And how does Trax solve this situation? Just, uh,
1: I, if I remember correctly he just blows him away. He just kicks
0: yeah. open the door and shoots him. Right. <laughs> um, and then... hostages are minor annoyances. Shoots him, shoots him through a window. Of course. Seven people. Seven people. Eighteen minutes and forty-five seconds into the movie.
1: That's all the farther we are. And then he gives... The Linsley. That's what happens when you're naughty. That's what happens when you don't behave. When you don't behave, and all the kids, they're they're not even traumatized. They just turn to him, smiling their little toothless grin. They
0: love it. They're so.
1: (laughs) And the old and the old lady's like, "Oh my hero!" It's just like, wow. And again, this is one of those jokes that's so close to the actual thing because if you again, if you go back and you watch those terrible, terrible Death Wish movies, this actually happens in those films. Throughout the movie he keeps doing these horrible acts of violence and children and old people keep looking at him and just smiling and nodding and like, Yes, what a hero. Anytime Trax is This
0: is straight havoc, out of death wish. Straight out of death wish. Anytime Trax creates havoc, the neighbors
1: love it. Oh it's they, just they cheer. old white
0: couples looking out their windows, smiling yes. like
1: Thank God he's getting rid of all them eth- ethnics. It's that man from Hollywood Squares killing the blacks. <laughs>
0: Oh, fuck. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Trax, is, Trax and Dieter are driving away. Yeah. And here we get another good bit. Okay. A bit, well, Try there's through. a nice shot. Yes. Uh, there's a thug who's fiddling around with his gun. He's having a hard time with it. Yes. Trax drives past, and he backs up, grabs the gun from the thug, and is like, going like, hey, this is what you oh, need to yes. do. Oh, yes. And there's a guy who comes from the other side of the car with a shotgun. Dieter ducks, and there's a real nice shot where Trax just, like,
1: points the gun over, blows that guy away. Yeah. It's very nicely framed. It's a wonderful scene. It could be in this... It, and again, it's another scene that could legitimately be in any comedy, action comedy, or any actual action movie, where the guy's just fumbling, trying to reload his gun. Trax fixes it, shoots this guy in this great shot, as you said, well-framed, and the he only hands it... great hands it, shot in the movie. Yep. Yeah, and he hands it back, and then he says... If you're the if you're the jittery type, a revolver's much easier under stress, and then drives away. It's almost, it's a scene that could almost work with any. It could work with Deadpool. Yeah. It could work. Honestly, it could work with Agent Cooper. I could see Agent Cooper doing that with yeah, someone. Yeah, absolutely. Discussing different kinds of firearms for people. Like it's it's such a great moment. It is. And I completely forgot to note it, and I hate myself. It's. <laughs> like I said, I take extensive notes
0: yeah. when I do my thing. It would also help more if Shadow Stevens was a good actor. It would. It you would help. you could sell it a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, we meet our villain.
1: We meet our villain. Uh, right before we meet our villain, there's a great scene where we open on a blind guy just walking down a sidewalk with his cane, and the bad guys show up, and he instantly has a heart attack and keels over <laughs> and dies, and that's... That's the scene. I just wanted to note that that happened because yeah. it was one of those things that went by so quickly. I was like, I had to write it down because I knew I would think I had dreamed it if I didn't. And that's such a
0: bizarre thing to write into the movie. Like, it's it, it such a great, bizarre it's a great, moment. It's, it's almost like a joke. Again, going back to this being a cartoon on some levels, yeah. that's like a sight gag that would happen on any cartoon. Just right. like a side yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, he just kills over dead. it's uh, great. Pellucci, played by Robert Davi, gives one of my favorite lines. How'd an asshole like you get in my mob? <laughs> Which he
1: says to his driver. Yes, because uh, yeah, his driver closes the door on his clothes uh, and when he's trying to get out of his limo. And this is, I think this was supposed to be a running gag because there's a scene later in the movie where, uh, way, way later in the movie where he gets out of the limo again and pulls his clothes away from the door really abruptly and is like looking at his uh his chauffeur the asshole like glaring daggers at him as he closes the door which i think was supposed to be a callback or maybe it was just him doing his acting it, but uh it felt like it was like this is supposed to be the culmination of a running gag but there was only those two instances of it so well that's Fuck still it's it's a callback
0: and still. it's still it's a callback i guess uh robert Davi has another beautiful line which he says to one of the Gorgeous women who are attending to him. Yes. Uh, You're beautiful. I'm going to name a wine after you. That's a brilliant line. (laughs) That's a great line. I don't... The other tricky thing with comedies is, and this is going to sound incredibly pretentious, is when some people write a joke in a movie like this, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they understand why it is funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I can see them being like, oh, this is a funny thing for him to say, but I'm not sure if,
1: like... He thought about, like, just the... It's like, does, does explaining the joke make it not funny also work inside of a writer's head? Like, is that... Yes. Does, do writers just sort of think of funny things and let the critics sort them out for themselves? Or... I, I don't know. I'm not good at writing comedy. Um,
0: there's another good bit where uh, he gets a phone call, like, from a man named Wendell, who talks very strangely... He does uh, yeah. telling him that Trax is in town.
1: Like... Oh no, I think Wendell is the guy whose gun he fixed. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he it cuts to him in the phone booth and he says, "This is just a this is just a friendly warning. I'm getting out of town, but you should uh, know that this guy went in and dismantled your entire operation on his own." And then it cuts back to the phone and it's got the weird voice on it. Uh, and all throughout the scene, they, he's
0: getting like a manicure and like someone's doing yep. his hair and someone's stuff. Someone's doing his hair. The barber's annoying him. Yep. So after he hears about Trax, he tells his weaselly little accountant, who is wonderfully a cast. Yes. Um, he says, Great character. Uh, kill Trax. You know what? Kill Wendell. Kill the barber. <laughs> and and the, like- account- the accountant takes the barber. is like, Come c- along with me. C-
1: come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and you hear a
0: gunshot <laughs> in the background. <laughs> it's just, there's some brilliant, there's a lot of good bits in this movie. There's some great moments. Uh, Trax and Dieter
1: baking cookies outside like they have a little camp I don't know why yeah they just they just have a little camp somewhere apparently tracks doesn't live near enough to town so that they can stay at his place so they're just camped in the middle of the woods somewhere
0: not yeah yeah um and and there are no establishing shots in this movie no I mean there are some but, very few but we're just shown tracks like there are like are they
1: outside why are they outside I don't, it's like, yeah it doesn't he has like a little like a fire with a stick and shit, and you're just making, and and this is where like the running gag begins of this man has really strange ideas about how to make cookies, and he's just putting he keeps, I don't even remember the shit that he puts cough in these. syrup and laxative. Oh my god, yeah, because he's yeah. like I wanna I wanna corner the the medicinal market, he says at yeah. some point.
0: And then, uh, we learn a little bit about tracks. He never graduated high school. He didn't. But Dieter went to uh, junior
1: college, took some business classes. And then Dieter just goes into this backstory that is just upsettingly dark for no reason. I wasn't sure if I was understanding correctly. It sounds like Dieter's father murdered his entire family. Yes, and tried to kill him, and he survived. Okay. He was the only survivor.
0: Because there's like one line where he's like, "Yeah, but dad," and it's like sort. It's like I don't even remember exactly what the line is, but it's not like overt. Like I said, I was kind of confused. Like it's very casually said. It's very casual. It's very quick, and then it's just like the conversation runs on to like something. stupid fucking cookies. Talking about
1: stupid cookies.
0: You're this person you sort of kidnapped has a horribly tragic backstory. Horrible. For no reason... Yeah. By the way... Does not add anything
1: or... It doesn't... It doesn't... It's just there... And I'm like... Why? Why isn't this Trax's backstory? Why isn't this anyone-who-matters backstory? (laughs) Why is this anybody's backstory? To be fair... Nobody
0: in this movie matters. That is true. That's a good point. You can make an argument for Trax... But even then... I don't know that it's... uh, 100%... he has a song. True... (laughs) I could make a song about fucking Dieter. Yeah. Dieter, get a little sweeter every day. (laughs) He's my Dieter, bae. There's an amazing scene that comes next. Yeah. Um, Drax and Dieter are out and about. Yes. And uh, they're attacked by a car with seemingly about ten goons inside of it. It has has
1: the accountant in it and a bunch of goons that he gathered up to take on Drax. And tracks, they're behind tracks and they're firing their guns. And yes. tracks
0: pulls a brilliant maneuver. This is like straight out of bullet. Right. He gets in the other lane, moves in front of the car that was ahead of him. And that's what he does. Okay. There's a bizarre <laughs> insert shot of tires running over a uh, burning cigarette that is yes.
1: fully to ash.
0: That was so weird.
1: And then. The bad guys are driving along, and some poor woman in a hospital stretcher is being dragged across the street. This you, this sounds like I'm explaining it bad. I need you to understand, this happens apropos of nothing. This doesn't... Nothing connects to anything. The car is driving down the street, tracks has gotten out of the way, a stretcher is suddenly in the street... The car rams into the stretcher. The paramedics get the fuck out of the way. The paramedics just leave this poor woman. I think she might be pregnant. I'm not sure. I don't
0: think she was pregnant. She wouldn't be strapped to a gurney if she okay, was pregnant.
1: Maybe it was a very violent pregnancy. Maybe. But the the people are running the, 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 the paramedics just leave her. They run away. The car crashes into the stretcher like the stretcher was a brick fucking wall. <laughs> she will. <laughs> she slides up onto the she
0: it's still strapped to the gurney. She slides up onto the the car. And then the car rolls
1: over. It just rolls on over. On top of the woman. End of scene. <laughs> does it explode? I forget. Does it, it does not explode. Okay. I laughed out loud. Oh my god. I, I laughed out I didn't, loud? I didn't laugh out loud, but my jaw was on the floor. I couldn't believe what I had it just seen. so hilarious and meaningless.
0: It was and so just... excessive. This is a nihilistic <laughs> world that we are viewing. where are just like just, hellscapes are common, and
1: death is random and ever-present. Yeah. And it's just, and then, okay, right after this is the scene where suddenly he's just standing up in the, through the sunroof of his car, firing non-stop out of a chain gun into the city streets. And this is where I, I wrote down, uh, the sheer amount of gunfire in this movie is hilarious. It's a concept on its own. It's not like a... It's not a thing where you're like constantly you like are gut-bustingly laughing at it but just the amount of gunfire in this movie is 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 something to behold. He was literally shooting so much I could no longer register it as gunfire in my ears whenever they cut away I was like there's a helicopter. Like it was just so ever present. The the gunfire in the scene is just literally like nonstop forever like an element in a Pink Floyd song. It was just forever. <laughs> and we've and I just realized that we missed something. We what? skipped over something. So, there's a subplot while this is going on. As if this wasn't enough, there's a subplot where the cops and the mayor who is this lovely actress Priscilla Barnes. Yep. Uh ...are reacting to the event. So they have a press conference... They have their Batman conference. They have their Batman press conference where they ask if there's a dirty cop on the force who's doing this, uh, and the chief says, no, it's not. And the mayor is trying... The chief is is very bad with the press. He keeps swearing and being very defensive about everything because he knows what's going on and he likes what's going on, but he can't say that outright. And the the mayor is trying to. It also likes what's going on, but is trying to be uh, on crowd control. And there's this great line where one of the um, one of the uh, reporters asks if the crime was racially motivated, and the mayor says, "Oh, don't worry, it was very racial. Someone from every race got hit, so no one so no one race can bitch about discrimination." And I thought that was uh. That was a great line. It It was. That did make me laugh. And Uh, Priscilla Barnes delivered it well. Priscilla Barnes' performance in this movie... Probably the best. She is throwing everything that she has at the wall.
0: And she was not the original choice for that role. Was she she not? She was was a replacement.
1: Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she she is trying to ring every tiniest bit of comedy that can be gotten out of the script, out of it. She commits. She commits 100% and I commend her for that. There are times where it goes a little bit too far but I feel that that's more the fault of the script than her. I think she's trying to sell what it's giving her um, as much as she can. I agree. Yeah. Uh, Pellucci hires, uh, calls for the
0: Guziks. Okay, this is the racist bit. Okay. Yeah. They're not Mexican though. Are they not? See, I was confused about that too. Okay. They were singing in Spanish, but one, only one of them looks Mexican or Hispanic in any way.
1: Okay. I don't know. They had like ban- I remember one of them having a bandolier of bullets, which is a Mexican stereotype in Hollywood. True. Uh there's the whole thing they They just if they weren't Mexican, I didn't catch it. But there was enough signifiers and like coding there that it felt very much like an old Western movie where the badges we don't need no stinking badges. Yeah, the one crew were coming it- into the into the town. And it made me very uncomfortable. I wrote the note This is the only movie that Donald Trump has ever seen, and he thought it was a drama. <laughs> <laughs> because it like the rhetoric around certain conservative folk, a lot of conservative folk these days, uh was very represented in that scene of just like the this fictionalized version of the American border where were just like and they're not sending us their best, they're sending us our their rapists and all this stuff. And it just it was very uncomfortable. I
0: got the impression because it's mentioned that they
1: uh killed a little league team
0: Yes, and, and they, so I assume that they were banished
1: went to, to Mexico. Yeah, I assume they that went. That is mentioned later, and that's when I started to realize maybe I'd gotten the wrong idea. Yeah, I don't but think... at first I was very uncomfortable with the whole thing. It's very unclear and very confusing. Yeah. Um, but... Again, and, don't think the filmmakers thought this through. I just think they wanted to put a bunch of shit on the screen. But they certainly made that Border Patrol joke, and <laughs> that was enough. And at
0: the border... Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> They hand the border guard a bundle of lit dynamite. Yes, he shouts I chihuahua. Oh god! And throws it into a Mexican food <laughs> stand that's right there. And there's a huge explosion. Yeah. And again, this is cartoon shit. Oh yeah. It's this is some yeah vaguely racist. Yeah, but so is Speedy Gonzalez. So yeah, and he's fucking president of Mexico now. Speedy Gonzalez is president of Mexico. Yeah. Oh, cool, Presidente Gonzalez. Oh, good for Speedy. Yeah. Yeah. He's the first mouse president ever. That's awesome. I mean, I guess. um, He flaunted the laws a lot. I don't know that he would be a good ally for America going
1: forward. Oh, okay. Well. Um, I don't think he's going to pay for the wall. We're not being a very good ally to them at the moment.
0: True. Yeah. Uh, Now we're at our strip club. We're at the strip club. Which are not illegal. Uh, Were they illegal in the 80s or something? No, because every 80s action movie has a strip club scene. That's
1: true. Yes, they do. Like, this is peak 80s-ness. Like, you need to go to a strip club. Uh, Yes. And I said this is also when we get our first bit of nudity in the movie. And I I wrote the note, oh, hello, boobies. But, like, they're just suddenly, like, in the prostitute scene, every single one of those prostitutes was wearing enough clothes to pass censor. And then suddenly there's just, we just cut to boobs right there. And I was like, really? I didn't know that this movie would have that. That's the only instance, though. Is it really? I believe I couldn't, so.
0: I couldn't remember. And it's it's very quick. There's not much. I was surpri- I was surprised by it too. I was like, yeah. oh, I thought they were going to try to, despite the enormous amount of violence. Right. Uh, I thought they were going to try to like, go for a PG thirteen. You would think. Um,
1: but no, yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah.
0: and he forces everybody to leave the strip club, or if they come back, he'll kill them.
1: Yep. No, he he tells every everybody if you come back to the strip club, I will kill you. And then he he says that to every single person in as they leave the bar. Oh, we know first first he has this great moment where uh, he tells everyone to he says good people go to one side of the bar, scumbags go to the other, and everyone goes to one side. He's like. I didn't know you were all scumbags. Then they all run to the other side,
0: and then it's just again, no establishing shots. New new location, drug crime. Uh, a bomb comes through the window. It's like a <laughs> white box that says, "This is not a bomb."
1: That's right.
0: <laughs> and the bomb explodes, and the neighbors are so fucking They're happy. They're So fucking. happy. They're heavy.
1: so happy. Yeah. Um. That's where I really drew the the connection to the Death Wish movies. At that point, was just like. Just the old people cheering him on. I was just like, oh my god. This is like that... There's this great scene in Death Wish 3, I think, where a mugger runs past um, Charles Bronson on the street and just grabs his bag. And Charles Bronson looks at him really annoyed and just pulls out a handgun and shoots him in the back. (laughs) And then just goes over, picks up the bag and the entire street erupts into spontaneous (laughs) applause and he just walks away from the body waving behind at them and walks on. That scene could be in this movie with no... But the problem is that Death Wish 3 thinks it's serious and this movie knows it's funny and I don't... And there's so little difference. Yeah, it's...
0: (laughs) Again, like I was saying, like does the person who wrote this know why it is funny?
1: <laughs> I think they must. I think they must I... on some level. Because that opening is so genius. But it at is. the same time, wow. <laughs> this movie is dumb.
0: It is. Yeah. Um, is. I've never seen any Death Wish movie.
1: Uh, they're not worth it. Okay. But... Yeah, they're not worth it. Well, you are.
0: It's a fucking
1: treasury of reference for you today. Like you're yeah. drawing on it endlessly. I just—that's what I kept thinking about in these movies. The opening made me think of Naked Gun, and then everything after that made me think of Death Wish and a little bit of Delta Force. But I'm less familiar with that one. Yeah,
0: I have not seen Delta Force. Either. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite shots of the movie. Now, yeah, we see a shop window. Yes. It says porno sex. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it says porno sex. And I love that, but it, it the camera pulls out a little bit more and you see it says hot porno sex. <laughs> and then it pulls out a little bit more erotic hot porno sex. <laughs> that, is, that is a classic Looney Tunes joke right that, there. Well, I don't know that it was even a... It wasn't like... like purposeful pull
1: outs. like this no was just it wasn't full... it was it was it was a, it was a, if it had been like da, 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 <laughs> that would have been a solid Bugs Bunny gag but but just the
0: phrase porno sex just
1: oh yeah makes me laugh okay. Okay. then we cut to um after getting the what are they called again the gadzooks the Guziks, the Guziks, the, the Guziks. getting the they got the Guziks over the border they're taking the Guziks. um in in uh, into uh, the city, and it's a long fucking road trip uh, to take them into the city. Meanwhile, there's also a, an intercut during the scene which shows that Trax has started hanging people in in the streets from street lamps, which is terrifying. And I I thought that was a scene because it was so closely intercut. I thought that was the that was a scene showing that the bad guys had arrived and they started no. a killing spree. No, that's the good guy. It's a fucking dystopian hell.
0: Yeah, like there's smoke everywhere. There's litter, abandoned cars. This is this is
1: what like this is what Captain Jack rides his boat past. In the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean, this is the scene from Jojo Rabbit where the little kids looking at the dead bodies hanging up. Yeah, like spoilers if you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit in theaters now. But uh, like, God, that's some horrifying nightmare fuel. But like, and it's the good guy. Like, the they're guy. There are even signs hanging on their neck for their crimes. But and here's shit. the
0: fucking thing: is if this is intentional, is this if this is like parody? This is fucking brilliant. This is brilliant satire. Like, but again, it doesn't lean into it at all. That's the problem. Like no. if it leaned in, like if it continued with this thing where it's like, yeah, every like, there's no more crime, but it's just like Hadleyville is just this. It's like Detroit and RoboCop. It's just like yeah. empty and fucking. Well, it was Detroit and RoboCop. Now it's like, I don't know. No, I am now Legend.
1: It's, no. <laughs> And then the scene immediately afterwards is Pleasantville. It's there; everyone's <laughs> super happy.
0: Yeah. Uh, the, the The druggist, the drugstore owner, gets his redemption as children return yeah. his comic
1: books. There was a brief cutaway of uh, a bunch of kids painting, uh, doing graffiti on this guy's wall, and then it cuts back, and other kids are painting his wall over again, and it's all fixed. Ah, thank thank God for fifties era aesthetics. Anyway, so they're coming into town. And they're playing a game with the uh, with the accountant. The accountant is in the car with them, and uh, they got tired of the accountant because they kept shooting into the air and throwing grenades everywhere and dynamite. And uh, the guy was like, "You know, the the boss doesn't really want any unnecessary expenditures on this trip."
0: He has a great line reading of bullets cost money and i wish it just ended there i do wish that yeah. would have been like a great joke
1: of just like don't do that guys those are that's money you're shooting but he's but they're they've been singing the whole time in in spanish at first and they make him sing with them and then it when it cuts back to them they're singing "Old MacDonald Had a Farm," <laughs> which is hilarious. That they've to me the joke was that they've gone through all the songs that they know. They're now on "Old MacDonald How a Farm," but it continues into this weird, bizarre torture game where they're holding the uh, the accountant's finger and they're making him do the animal noises. And if he doesn't get the animal noise right, they break a finger. And so, and then they go to gazelle. And he's, like, trying to guess what the Gazelle's voice is. He can't figure it out. They say, no, Gazelle ain't got no voice box, and break his finger. And I just loved that line. <laughs> I hated that bit. You hated that, I bit? Hated that oh, okay. bit? I hated that bit. okay. I enjoyed it. it. That's okay. I just enjoyed Gazelle ain't got no voice box. That
0: was a nice line reading. <laughs> I also liked the accountant's acting when they made him sing the Spanish song. Like, yeah. and he finally, like agreed to do it like Yeah.
1: He's a good he should have been Trax. He, <laughs> <laughs> he that would have been, been <laughs> really funny if Trax was just like this schlubby like George Costanza type guy. He's like, would, I've been out of the game for a little while, guys. <laughs> I would love that movie.
0: <laughs> that would I, be an amazing movie. We should make that movie. We should. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because I am a schlubby guy. <laughs> hey Billy, I wonder if you should play the fat guy. <laughs> Who should play the fat guy, Billy? <laughs> there's a there's a press conference with the police chief and Priscilla Barnes. Uh, the chief just keeps going, Bullshit!
1: Yeah, because the, the press keeps uh, accusing him of being behind this in some way, and he keeps saying, Bullshit! Bullshit! And then, a lone hero stands <laughs> in the crowd. Because Trax has infiltrated the press conference to, I guess make sure he's they're <laughs> still on his side i don't <laughs> fucking
0: know uh i don't i think you wanted to ask pro tracks related
1: questions and he's got like groucho marx glasses on or he something he has glasses he has a fake mustache yeah um. yeah and he just he has this like what do you personally feel about the efforts of this vigilante who's now called the cowboy by the way by the end of this movie he's been named by the press the cowboy which happens off screen we don't hear about this, they just suddenly start calling him the Cowboy apropos of nothing.
0: Pellucci and his gang also call him the Cowboy. Yeah,
1: Pellucci and his gang. Everyone calls him the Cowboy all of a sudden. In one scene, um, his sidekick there says, you need you need to have some sort of logo so people know who you are. That's why Batman wears the bat. And he says, I'm not going to wear uh, a t-shirt with my face and name on it. And then, at least in the final scene, if not a few scenes before that, suddenly he's wearing a t-shirt with a picture of him on it doing the, um, I guess it's the picture that they took in, the, in, the, in the, the stripper guns, club. Yeah. It's 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 it, the he's, stripper he's, club. In the stripper club, yeah. The know. stripper association. The stripper association, the, yeah. Uh, the stripper league. In the stripper <laughs> league building, yeah. Uh, but the, doing the, the big trouble in little China poster pose, and uh, with his name on it, literally. And it's like, oh my God, this is where we are now. But uh, so he's become a superhero at this point called the Cowboy.
0: One I love that he wore his own shirt. Yes. Again, that's what with the like his preening in the reflection in the War Zone like yes. they could have gone in that direction where he's just like a narcissist. He should have been his, his own shirt the entire time. And
1: said he had to be talked into it. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it's a hilarious joke. Yeah. Um two. They should have they should have had a sequence where he gets up in the morning. And he's, like, getting ready for the day, but he has to spend, like, ten hours quaffing (laughs) and, like, spraying the Aquanet and getting it exactly, getting the the mullet exactly right. He has... That would uh, be amazing.
0: He has two dozen different lilac, uh, very tight (laughs) t-shirts. Um, he wears a skin mask at night. By the way, you could buy a Trax t-shirt for five ninety five. Can you really? You Well, that was what Dieter was selling them for.
1: Oh, okay. That's
0: a great deal for a t-shirt. Oh, that's
1: that's right. He At a certain point, they we find out that just outside of the woods where they're staying, right in town, they have a little stand where they're selling Tracks merchandise, uh, which is bizarre. It's only in like one scene, I think. It's... I think
0: it's in a couple. It comes back at the end, but yeah. you know, if the police wanted to find tracks, which or, they clearly don't, or if the <laughs> press wanted to find him, yeah, more it seemed like likely. Good, it seems might, like good. Seems like it would be a safe might, bet. Might be a
1: clue. Might be a clue. Hold on.
0: Okay. Very important question. Yes. What if Shadow Stevens was Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China? Okay. Better movie or worse movie? I haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China yet. Oh, okay. We need to watch that then. I know
1: we do. And uh, I, I've, I've heard from my brother Alex that it's an amazing movie. Uh, Shadow Stevens, definitely worse. Definitely worse. I mean, he is up against Kurt the Hurt Russell. Exactly.
0: Yeah, no, it would be worse. Kurt but... Russell is my boy. Yeah, I'm I not going to argue that. I love Kurt Russell. I
1: just, I just like to imagine what could have been. Yeah, it's fun. Like I, I, still like to imagine what would have happened if you know Tom Selleck had been Indiana Jones or Kurt Russell had been Han Solo. Uh, both worse, I think. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones would be interesting to see. I think he would be fine. I've seen his audition tape, and he was pretty good in it. <laughs> um, but uh, the problem is, he's just a li- what. <laughs>
0: I'm imagining Tom Sock's auditioning tape audition tape just being him like jerking around the room in a fedora like <laughs> pretending cracking a whip going like ha! ha! <laughs> That's all I can picture right now
1: it's just like, like snakes! Ha! I, well, My point is he would have been a good choice for it I just think that Harrison Ford is a much better actor than him, and brought stuff to the role that he couldn't have. Yeah, I think it would have been perfectly fine. Just like I think Kurt Russell would have been perfectly fine as Han Solo, I just think Harrison Ford is a much better actor than either of them. And he brings something that they don't.
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: But okay. I mean, that's debatable.
0: Um, There's a montage where uh, <laughs> Trax
1: and Dieter dance by the lakeside. Oh my God! Yes, oh yes, yeah. They just dance, and they keep showing. This is during the bit where we see the the city being rebuilt, and they're just dancing by the lakeside, just just dancing, and it's sad. <laughs> it's not good dancing. No, it's yeah. it's very stiff. It but it was like a scene right out of uh, Pocket Ninjas. It was it was so weird. Uh,
0: but after that tracks finally meets the mayor at the public library
1: yeah okay so after so after that press conference after the press conference where he says do you personally agree with the actions of the cowboy and the chief by the way i don't think we mentioned this says yes i am absolutely in favor of what he's doing Um, i
0: miss when people were just summarily executed
1: right yeah and and uh yeah he says something like that They leave the press conference, and the mayor's like, okay, you have to hold off on this. I know that we both agree on this, but you have to not say that shit in public. And then she gets a note, which the film does a terrible job of telling us what that is, but we are... we find out that part of the reason why Trax was there was to drop a note off to the mayor to meet him at the library while he has his sidekick out front in full commando gear Mm -hmm. uh, standing guard, and then he is inside looking up uh, why all of his cookies suck. In the in in as she's looking as she says when she sees him looking to make a better batter, um, and uh, she comes in to see him in the library, and she has a thing for five heads, and just immediately. Just immediately is has the most hots for him. Yeah, she uh, she's practically
0: orgasming oh, as she's talking to absolutely. him. Absolutely, just um, at
1: the sight of his Christopher McDonald face.
0: Kisses him, jumps away, says I can't do that. Goes we back. Just, we're on
1: two opposite sides. You're in the wrong, and I'm in the right. And I don't know. I. It's so weird. I don't.
0: Care for she it?
1: Literally jumps his bones right there and starts talking about like I haven't been laid since, since I was, I was in office.
0: Ugh. Also, I did not realize that she was the mayor until this point.
1: Yeah, I thought she was a district attorney.
0: I had no clue who, what the fuck she was. We—I don't believe we ever learned her name.
1: They—they they have one of those scenes where you know, like the the couple making out and the wave crashes over them. Well, here or it's... the couple making out and the train goes into the tunnel in the, in the old Hollywood movies. And this one, they start, They she jumps his bones, starts, they start making out, and then suddenly the librarian ghost from Ghostbusters is there, and not literally, but the, fi- the, the file system, the, the card, card catalog, the drawers card catalog, burst open, burst open like in Ghostbusters,
0: and start ejaculating
1: out. everywhere, and then the fountain out front starts ejaculating everywhere, and it's, um, uh, I hated it it's it's exceedingly erotic it, it's super erotic I mean it's it's not at all erotic it was not sexy <laughs> it was it was so stupid it, it was... was it was like it's a, it's another sign of this movie not being willing to commit to anything mm-hmm. where it's this kind of if this had happened again in the naked gun or an airplane uh, especially an airplane I would have bought it but because of the this movie had not set up that kind of tone yes. yet, so it, it 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 didn't work for
0: me. It also this bit is coming out of nowhere. We and didn't nowhere. No fucking clue who this character is. This is the
1: first time that these two um, have met. We barely know who Trax is, much less the mayor. Can anyone know who Trax is, though? Can Trax know who Trax is? I don't know. He has integrity. He does. Yeah. Before a when, very white bread idea about what's right and wrong.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there is a, a line when she's coming onto him. She like straddles him. She's up on the table. She straddles him. Yeah, and she says, uh, "How do you want your money? Cash or trash?" I assume, referring to her vagina as trash. <laughs>
1: I don't know because her legs are
0: spread like she's showing him. Yeah, and I assume
1: like she's just cash or trash, like trashy. I guess I don't know. And then I think he says something like "trash is for shooting" or something like that. Because he had
0: a weird trash metaphor earlier Earlier in the uh, movie. Yeah, Hadley Chief. Uh, Like difference between garbage and trash is you kill trash.
1: (laughs) It's so. It's just just I were there I, I wrote it at some point, it was like, were there pages missing? Like it just it, it feels like there there's were There's
0: no connective tissue It feels
1: it's, like they were carrying the script from the typewriter to this the studio head for approval and pages were just dropping out of it as they walked. Because there's yeah, there's no connective tissue between any of these moments that we've Scenes been just start and stop. This whole podcast sounds like we have adD and it's 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 believe it or not it's not us it's just this movie it it just keeps going and it leaves you behind <laughs> but we're almost to the end okay
0: um so now this is my another contender for my least favorite jokes scene specifically one element um
1: and it cuts back to the bad guy Palucci's in bed Getting a hand job. Getting a hand job while as he working out.
0: Small weights. Um, that was already super weird. Yeah. They start to have sex. <laughs> Tracks burst through their French doors on a motorcycle. Yep. Where'd he get the motorcycle? Uh who knows? Who knows, yeah. Does it matter? And again, this is is it intentional that we don't know where he gets the motorcycle? He just has it because it's awesome for the scene? Mm-hmm. Or is it just shitty writing? Who knows? Uh, fuck, fuck it. Trax tells Pellucci he needs to get out of town.
1: Nope. He tells Pellucci, stick him up. And Pellucci sticks his hands up and the girlfriend sticks her hands up. And he says, no, stick him all the way up. And then his erection comes up, Pellucci's erection comes up under the blanket. The problem is, the special effect that they have for the erection is some sort of lever device that sticks the blanket up, and whatever they have working at some sort of mechanical device, or like a an unlucky intern on the set who had to be down there at crotch level poking it up, whatever it is uh, doesn't work right, so the blanket is continuing to rise and rise and rise ever so slightly for the rest of the scene as they keep cutting back to him and cutting back to uh, Tracks the blanket keeps rising and I was like my god this guy has the biggest dick I didn't notice that
0: yeah and I'm wondering if it's part of the joke is that he's getting turned on by tracks
1: if it was is, part of the joke and it was supposed to be getting bigger than they needed to commit even harder and had the dick just envelop his entire head at a certain <laughs> point i don't this is why i think it was a mistake because at a certain point when it cuts back to what's the actor's name again i'm sorry robert davi robert davi robert davi suddenly adjusts the blankets so that he almost is doing one of those like knees up situations mm-hmm. to cover that area and I think what happened was they shot his uh, part of the scene all in one take and the thing wouldn't stop going up and the joke was over and they needed to move on so he just kind of adjusted himself because it no longer looks like there's an erection there anymore at a certain point it just looks like he's he's like making a blanket tent to cover up the thing and again, maybe that's part of the joke and it's just badly handled, but it really looks like the actor trying to get on with the scene.
0: You paid way more attention to this dick than I did. I was
1: I was so enraptured by this my ginormous dick. Oh man. Yeah. Well, Robert Davi's a rugged looking man. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah.
0: Uh so <laughs> tracks uh Drives the motorcycle out into the hallway of the house and yes. runs into Pellucci's son. I guess a druggie he has an arrow through
1: his head like Steve Martin. He signs a diaper. I feel like all I'm doing is making references to things, but I, I kept thinking about uh, the this the mentally challenged son in Twin Peaks who wears the Indian headdress. Johnny. Johnny. Because and and this is again something that comes right the fuck out of nowhere and is n- almost never mentioned again. It's it's just this he three just, minute scene. He's just there with an arrow through his head, and he's talking really slurred. Yeah. So I wasn't sure if he was on drugs or if he was mentally handicapped. Uh,
0: smoke billowed out of his room when never the door mind, opened. He was on drugs. Uh, it was. It's. This is the, uh, another candidate for like my least favorite joke. I fucking hate.
1: I don't that. know what the joke is. The joke is that the kid is weird. That's not a joke. That's I know. That's why I hate it.
0: <laughs> that's why I hate it is because it's just like it's not a here's oh, this God. fucking weird kid, and Trax doesn't like say anything funny. It doesn't like
1: burn him or anything. You just like the closest thing to a joke is the kid tries to shoot Trax. Well, he, does shoot Trax. he does shoot Trax. He does shoot Trax. That's right. And Trax shoots the arrowhead and the feathered bit off the two ends of the arrow that he has on his head. And and he's like, Sorry, I had to try. And I'm like, that's that's the closest thing to a joke in the entire scene. Well, he also says,
0: Guess I'm still trying to impress my dad. He's like,
1: We all have that problem. and
0: You know what? You're right. That's the worst joke. <laughs> I don't know. There's one other contender. Okay. But apparently you love this joke.
1: Anyway, so... Um, Hold on. I did miss one thing. Okay. There's another cutaway to the bad guys coming into town. The bad guys take so fucking long to get to town. Uh, and they... This one great... There's this one great bit. This is legitimately much funnier than the, than the, than the singing bit. Um, they're driving along, and they happen to come across a bunch of bicyclists dr- riding along the road, and they just take a baseball bat, they lean out of the window... And they just hit every single one of them as they drive by and play whack a biker as they go. Yeah. And they all just fall off the bridge that they're on into the water. And that was fucking hilarious. And I loved it. Just wanted to mention it. We can move on.
0: Do you think <laughs> Shadow Stevens would be a good Batman voice?
1: Um I think if it was not a seriously taken Batman property, I don't think he would be a good dramatic Batman voice. But I think he would be a good voice in, like, uh, like in Harley Quinn, the animated series, where Batman's hardly there. So you want to take a job, job away from Dietrich Bader? No, I would never take a job away from Dietrich Bader. But if he weren't available, and Shadow Stevens were still alive, then he could do it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he'd be decent. He has, he'd be fine. He's a good... He's got a good deep... He's an announcer, so he has the voice. He has a
1: good voice. That doesn't mean he can voice act, but... but then again, I think he would be a good uh, parody voice for Superman, too. Sure. Because he's got that voice It's just like, Hey, Jimmy! I think
0: that would be hilarious. Let's get on the horn with Jim Lee. Okay. And tell him to, like, just, for DC Universe, mm-hmm. give Shadow Stevens carte blanche. He puts together a show, he voices everybody, he writes it. Again,
1: I think Shadow Stevens is dead, isn't he?
0: I am 100% sure that he is not. Okay. Um, by the way, Shadow.com, official home of Shadow Stevens. Oh, great.
1: Oh, wait, no, that's why, because I thought he was the announcer of SNL, and the original announcer of SNL did pass away Yes, recently. Don Pardo. Don Pardo. That's, I'm mixing him up with Don Pardo. Uh, Shadow Stevens' real name, Terry Keith Ingstad. I can see why he changed it.
0: I was hoping that shadow was a family name. Yeah. They came from like a clan of Molgoths. <laughs> <laughs> like the first Molgoths off the Mayflower. The, uh-huh. It's where the Stevens came from. Shadow Stevens, Raven Stevens, Right. Grim
1: Scroft Stevens. <laughs> Perfect. Pellucci has a little goes to have a little meeting with uh with uh Trax, Trax. And Dieter And Trax has been shot, so he's not feeling up to fighting the whole lot right now. Yeah,
0: this is the big uh this is the big downfall for Trax is he was shot by a weird kid. By a weird kid. Now all the fight's gone out of him. Yep. Which I suppose is realistic. If I was shot I wouldn't I
1: wouldn't feel up to anything.
0: But yeah. Trax enjoyed murdering people so much
1: yeah, I don't know. Is this some? Is this another thing where it's like meta commentary, where the the inv- the invulnerable badass of commando is only good as long as he remains invulnerable, and the minute he gets a punch in the nose, he steps out of it. Or... I can
0: guarantee you, it's
1: not that. Cool. I can one hundred
0: percent guarantee you, it's not that. Okay. Um. I just. I was more thinking it's a thing where it's like in movies, it's. Oh no, he's not gonna do it. He's gonna give yeah, up. There has and, to be the third act. Uh, oh no! But moment. it's so weak-willed in this. It's just like I don't know. It's Maybe I'll there. do it. What's?
1: It's what? only there because you know this. That's the kind of thing that happens in movies in the third act. That's
0: yeah. yeah. But Pellucci shows up. Yeah. He uh, he has the chili cookie. Yep. The chili con cookie. He gives yeah. He gives the chili cookie to to, to Pellucci. and he says to tracks like. Hey, I can force people to buy your cookies or I'll kill them. Yeah. And here's where Trax, a shining man of integrity, says, No thank you, sir. I want them to buy my
1: cookies because they love them. And Pellucci goes back to his car. Yeah, and he says, Even if I did force people to eat these cookies, they wouldn't eat them. And then he
0: farts for a very long time. Yes. Then he lights up a cigar. And the car blows up. And
1: the car blows up. And he's dead. And that's it for his character. And I hate it. I like it. I don't think it's done particularly uh, well. But as a concept, having the bad guy of your entire movie killed that abruptly by complete happenstance is fucking hilarious to me. It is.
0: I enjoy the concept as well. Yeah. But... The fart joke was not good. No, it was really the most contrived thing possible because he's like, oh man, how could Pellucci fart? How can we get this man to fart? Right. on oh, chili cookie!
1: Yeah, obviously. Chili cookie. Because, you know, when I have a single spoonful of chili, I immediately have the farts. I
0: fart so much that my car with open windows...
1: <laughs> That's right! The windows are the open! The windows are
0: completely open. Oh my god! Uh, well, yeah, I hate it. Uh, toxic farts.
1: But, so, now he's out. Um, he's out of the movie. He's gone forever. So, now we only have the... Guziks, uh, The Guziks. Who...
0: This is my favorite image from this movie. Uh, this is something that has stuck with me. This is when I was thinking of, like... We were originally going to do a different movie for the first episode. Were we? Uh, Violence Voyager. Oh, yes. Which we will get to. Mm-hmm. Um. But I was thinking about this movie, and I remembered this part, and I'm like, "Oh man,
1: I love tracks so much. <laughs> this is the best shit ever. This is if I know what you're talking about. This is the best shit the ever." The Guziks have
0: murdered a little league coach in front of the little league team.
1: They have a real thing against little league. If you remember, they were <laughs> banished to Mexico because they, they killed, killed a, a little league little
0: team. team as part of a point shaving scandal. <laughs> Which is a great, which is a great like uh, parody farce joke, like. Or, yes, uh, that's like, a great gag. Like these dumb comedies, that's that's a great gag. Yeah. So now they they've gone back to the, and they round up the little league team on horseback, like firing guns. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then, now they have them strapped to the outside of their car to form a barrier <laughs> of just they're 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 vertical and they're just across, <laughs> they're just. Tied all around the car, and it's fucking, it's a,
1: an insane image. It's fucking hilarious. It's, it's a human shield of Little League players. It's and one of the most insane things I've ever seen, and i it makes the movie. It does. It's, it's, I love the movie. It, it's, it's the best moment since the opening with the pet store.
0: Yes, it's great, and the Guziks are out the sunroof. They're, like, tossing grenades, which, by the way, it's okay when Trax does it. That's when right. Trax is just fucking destroying everything, everyone's like, "Yeah,
1: Trax, do it!" Mm-hmm. But the Goosics do it. It's bad. I this it, it, this movie makes for an interesting 1,000 Wives of Weird entry because it the movie is legitimately the best when it puts its all into being as bizarre as possible. Yes. And so it's almost like the movie is trying to get on a show like this. Like it's trying to be but it it, it never it fails to stick the landing for so much of the film. And then there are moments like this where it just BAM. It just hits it. Yeah. And it's so
0: good. It it really does like I like I said, I enjoyed most of the movie. Yeah. Uh there were four jokes that I fucking hate. The other one was the mayor sex jokes, aside from sure. the cookies and the other two. Um, but I enjoyed most of it. But it could be way better than it is. Like yeah. It's so close to being great. It's yeah. good. I think it's worth seeing because there are some laugh out loud funny moments in here. Right. Uh, let's get to the very boring and anticlimactic end of this movie. Well, Dieter gets shot. Dieter gets shot. Yeah, um, the Guziks threatened to
1: drive the car with the little leaguers into the river. That's right. Yeah, they they do, <laughs> which is just great. They say we're gonna wait around while you decide or something and drive off. There was a cop. There was another b- brief bit where a cop was gonna kill tracks because I don't know why. I don't know. It and seemed like he was on a stakeout for several for, hundred days. I think that was one of the pages that got lost in between offices. Must have- but then he realizes that his kid is on the little league team, so he decides to help Trax. He, he tries to help Trax, and he's like, "They got my boy.
0: My one's the hood ornament."
1: And he's like, "I'll drive." And 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 Trax is like, "You need to take a shower. I'll go." Yeah. But
0: they, uh, there is a great exchange that I specifically noted. Yeah. Uh, they get some help for. Dieter, like, they're taking him to the hospital. And yes. The mayor looks in and he says, Oh, he's losing a lot of blood. Trax goes, How much? And the chief says, It looks like a liter. Trax goes, Damn. Dieter lost
1: a liter. Oh, fuck. That was... Uh, I delivered it better than he did. You delivered it better than the movie did. And it's still it's, a bad joke. It's a <laughs> bad joke, but it's so amazingly bad. Like, this is... Oh. This is a... This is this is where that is a line where Leslie Nielsen could have sold it. <laughs> I just think about the writing process for the line. It's like
0: <laughs> it's like you have to no one says how much when you sit when he says like he's losing a lot of blood, it's like it's a lot. No one has a measuring cup. we not it's like and but it's it's such a contrived Yeah way to get to a joke that is not worth it in any way. <laughs>
1: But, it's, um, yeah, it's almost it's almost funny in how far out of their way they went. Uh, so then um he tracks the bad guys down to their lair, which is like an old movie theater. No, no, it's, it's they're the abandoned strip club, it, the abandoned strip, the now abandoned strip club, which shows you how evil they are because they're going, they're reigniting the flame of sin in this exactly. Thing. Uh, and they have <laughs> the, which, by the way, people are out of jobs. Yeah. It's affecting the economy. Yep. Yeah.
0: But they That's they, just
1: empty building space now for low lives like this to take up. Right, exactly. But they have the little leaguers in front uh tied up in a in a human barricade in front of the place. Um tracks which
0: there's nothing stopping anybody from just like going up and like taking the kids away. No,
1: they're not even watching them. They're inside like watching TV and I think still Drinking. shooting their guns off. Yeah. Yeah, and oh, I think they're like they're they're taking turns dunking each other underwater and seeing how long they can last without dying. You know, you know, bad people things. Uh, and track shows up, shoots, unnecessarily, shoots the ropes yeah. out, and the kids are all the like, The kids are so excited! Gee, thanks, mister! And run off. Great job to the kid actors, by the way. They, With no dialogue, they absolutely sold this G Willikers bullshit they were going on with. Um, he takes out uh, a gunman... Who's stationed on the roof, and breaks into this old this old couple's house, old couple's apartment. He was like falling through the roof. Oh yeah, no, yeah, he falls through the roof into this old couple's apartment who apparently live over the strip club, and the old lady's like, "I'm making cookies," and she, he's like, "Really? What kind?" And she's like, "Prawn cookies or something like it, that." It's it's. It's an, it's it's a It's him. one of the dumb shit cookies he came up and with. And he's earlier. like, I knew it. I need that recipe. I'll be back. I'll be back for that recipe. And then he falls through the floor with their T V. He he says, What well, how do you want to do this? Guns or fists? And they say fists and so he throws his guns away and they say, Guns and he's like, Oh shit and grabs his guns. They start an incredibly boring shootout. Yeah. Where it's literally just, like, every episode of The Lone Ranger just behind the thing. Bang, bang! Oh, no, they went behind the thing. The action in this
0: action movie is not good. It's, yeah, that's the Um, most
1: disappointing thing about this. It's
0: just a lot of gun firing. Just a lot of gun firing. Uh, And this ending sucks. I hate this ending. Yeah. Like, it's just, right, it's boring. Uh, They they get in their
1: respective vehicles. Yeah. Well, Well, there's one good gag. In this so they are shoot 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 the TV is still on somehow and it's 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 a talk show host talking about something and and uh she, they she suddenly starts talking about and it's a fact that killers have teeny weeny pathetic little penises that's right I know if your guy's a killer he has a teeny weedy pathetic little penis and she some, calls it a
0: wazoo a
1: wazoo yeah and they Suddenly, all four of them, three bad guys, one Trax, stop shooting and just start staring at this TV screen, and then the bad guys start shooting at it, and for a second, I misunderstood and thought all of them were shooting at it, and if all of them had been shooting at it, that would have been the best joke yes,
0: ever. I was hoping Trax would shoot it too. Yeah, like they,
1: the, because they're all killers, yes. but the movie refuses to acknowledge that because Trax is a good guy, and therefore is not a murderer. Mm. Who hangs people up in the street he is a justice man who hangs people up in the street exactly and only the bad guys have teeny weeny itty bitty penises uh shadow stevens has the world's biggest balls how else do you explain the voice yeah i didn't care for that joke too much
0: like i said if i like the concept of the joke yes yeah uh they get their respective vehicles they drive off there's like
1: Okay. and then they have a gun jousting sequence. yeah they have a car
0: gun joust Yes. Uh, there is an awesome part where Trax makes his truck do a wheelie somehow do a wheelie
1: while driving forward and I think that, that was uh, I took that as like the ultimate expression of him as the cowboy so his car is now literally his horse oh. It's now literally his horse
0: that's a beautiful and deep interpretation thank you <laughs> That's
1: it would have been even better if the car had gone <laughs> like made an actual horse <laughs> like he, noise. He revved it, like yeah, exactly. Like, um, it was like "Hi ho, silver!" and drove it off. That was or amazing.
0: If, like, an eagle had swooped down. Like, oh god, uh,
1: cried it's, as it
0: <laughs> not cried too. Like ah, no, I, I get it. The it, eagle it, it would, So
1: it was a couple years before John Woo made it to the states. So we didn't yeah. we didn't have any birds in this movie. We should have. We didn't have as many birds as I would have liked.
0: But now, when you have the awesome moment of making your truck do a wheelie, track should have just, like, killed them all right then. Yes, the car should
1: have just spun around and he was just firing a submachine gun and they explode and no.
0: Or better, truck comes down on their car like a monster
1: truck. Yes. And then you do a real Looney Tunes gag where, like, the car's coming down and they're like oh no and it like and the car literally just goes flat and they're just come and then the car rolls off of them and you just have like these flat uh cartoon things where they're just completely pancaked and their eyes are still moving around
0: i don't think they had the budget for that probably not yeah um, but but I it can would dream. have been a better ending than the one where we got where yeah. it's uh, what even
1: happens i forget
0: the Guziks have a bundle of dynamite. Oh, Trax right. shoots it a little bit. They drop it. They Ugh. drive into a barn and it explodes. It's boring. It's, it's very boring. At least everything, it's an explosion. Everything after the strip club, the movie gets so much weaker. Yeah. It gets, it really degenerates. It really does. Um, so, Trax is a hero. Yep. Uh, the mayor gives a speech. There's a keytar player right fucking next to her.
1: Oh my god, yes. Uh,
0: the luckiest extra in the world like, got to uh, jam on that
1: thing. And the mayor is just jamming out to the fucking keytar. She is living for this keytar. My, honestly, my favorite part of the movie might
0: be her jumping and singing with the lead singer. Yeah. It's so great. It's, it's
1: so, so 80s. It's so good. I
0: also just hope that was like I imagine the actresses had fun doing that, too. I think she did.
1: And then um, there's one last cookie joke where he made a cookie that's shaped like uh, dog dog shit. shit, With snacks by tracks, It's a food truck, apparently. They opened the thing. And apparently, his cookies are still not good. There's no resolution to that subplot. His cookies... He he said that he wanted people to buy the cookies because they love the cookies. But as we see people leaving the cookie store literally throwing the cookies in the trash. They're literally only buying the cookies because they love him for saving the town. People are literally throwing them in the garbage one character throws it up the after well, he eats it's it. it's
0: because it was like prunes and laxatives.
1: Still. I don't... Yeah, I, I didn't notice
0: them throwing it out.
1: I, I saw a couple of people just throwing bags of cookies uh, into the trash as they walked Then walk that's by. fucking
0: hilarious. That's hilarious that it's this... Just... Empty, useless victory. It's it's a oh,
1: completely empty victory a for him. It's a
0: beautiful irony in a movie that has no irony whatsoever.
1: I uh, yeah I yeah the movie could have used some irony.
0: But uh,
1: but yeah so and
0: then as uh, Dieter is Manning tracks by snacks yep. snacks by tracks
1: he's alive he's, he's survived. alive he's he survived
0: uh, unlike his family Dieter's a lucky man he survived his father <laughs> he survived the Guziks. And then Trax... If there was a track series, like Dieter would just
1: almost always be dying. Oh my god, I would I would pay to see that. Just to have every just like oh my god, you killed Kenny. It's <laughs> like every episode. Oh my god, you killed Dieter. But who shows up to try out Trax's cookies? Who does?
0: Famous Amos himself.
1: Oh, was that who that was? That
0: was who that was. You didn't recognize? I did uh... not
1: recognize Famous Amos. Yeah, and I don't... He throws it, throws up the cookie. I think yeah. is what he does. Yeah, and then uh, Trax. Is like, watch the counter for me, Dieter, and he goes out to see his his lady love, the mare, and then the movie ends on probably the most bizarre sh- camera shot I may have ever seen as a last shot of a movie. It feels like it should be the ending of the ending shot of like an art film or something, or definitely not this. But it was the end shot of this. They literally got the camera guy to sit in a bucket seat of a ferris wheel, and turn on the camera, and that is all that happened. And the guy goes around the ferris wheel twice. Trax is not on the ferris wheel with his lady love, I thought that's where they were going with it. He's not on the ferris wheel, his lady love's not on the ferris wheel, no one we know is on the ferris wheel. We only see the back of people's heads because it's that kind of ferris wheel where everyone's facing in the same direction. And the Ferris wheel goes around once, it goes around twice, and then we cut to black. And that's the end of the movie. It's like B-roll footage that somehow made it into the movie, and that's the last shot of the film.
0: I was super checked out during the end. I did not notice that. I I glanced up from taking my notes, and I was like, oh, it looks like B-roll, and just
1: went back. Yeah, no, that's... They literally go around the same Ferris wheel twice. And there's no jokes, nothing happens, Ferris wheel. They just
0: wanted you to revel in this moment where a psychopathic war criminal um, became successful,
1: not by his merits, but by murder. It literally is a a very weak sauce ending, like an incredibly weak sauce ending. It sucks. Uh, And I think that's probably... Beyond any other problem I have with the movie, that's my biggest gripe, is that it just it doesn't it doesn't end with a bang. It just kind of peters out.
0: It very much does. Yeah,
1: um, that's the problem with killing your main bad guy so early. Is that you may be playing with the structure of of the action movie, which is great, but if you have nothing to replace it with, you might as yeah. well just stick to the structure of your action movie.
0: Exactly. So that's tracks. Uh, that's tracks. We covered a lot of ground, left a lot of footprints. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes that's what tracks means.
0: <laughs> 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 what do Shadow Stevens, the Trans-Siberian Railroad, and Quincy Jones have in common? tracks
1: uh, that was a
0: potential intro for this episode fun um <laughs> but yeah uh that's i don't think we need to sum up how we feel about tracks i think uh, we
1: pretty much said it in the beginning in
0: the preceding three hours or yeah the most anyone has ever talked about tracks ever probably <laughs> someone should alert shadow stevens's widow <laughs> Oh, right, he's not dead. He's you just not buried dead. him in I, your mind. I just
1: buried him in my mind, yeah. yeah. Someone should alert Shadow Steven's widow, he's not dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, that people are talking about him. Next week, uh, or whenever we record again, if it's next week, next month, whatever we do, um, uh, next time we're going to be talking about uh, the most recent live-action Japanese iteration of the Godzilla franchise, Shin Godzilla. Okay. Okay. Uh, i'm I'm very curious to get your thoughts on it. Now it's probably the most unique film in the entire franchise. Shin Godzilla Shin Godzilla. do I need to see ankle Godzilla? no it okay. is it is a completely unrelated from the rest of the parts of the foot.
0: okay yeah. what about the leg? Uh,
1: no completely completely self-contained. All
0: right yeah. Okay, Shin Godzilla it is then. is that something you have given me a copy of? Is that one of the DVDs I, so. I have? I think so. Okay, I
1: did get a. I have the Blu-ray. I think I gave you the DVD. Yep. That'll work. All yep. right. All right.
0: Okay, uh, we should come up with a catchphrase for to sign off the end of episodes. Uh, sure. So that's that's homework. That's homework. Let's give this a real week ending. Bye. Uh...